It is October 27th, 2020. This is episode 61 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, I'm back and I'm here to take another crack today at talking about US politics. Yay! Um, honestly, it's been a while and I talked about um, I talked about US politics after the first debate and I talked a little bit about it in one of my um, in my discussion on episode 52 about giving up on daily checks of things. In this case, I was talking about COVID checks, but I also used the example from 2016 when I spent months obsessing over poll numbers and saying that in 2016, I said I wasn't going to do that. And for the entire election cycle this year in 2020, I was actually pretty good. And I didn't I didn't sit there and obsess over the polls and I didn't sit there watching what was happening over every single news story. Um, basically, from the point like from from the primaries or whatever it was uh, in January, February, March onwards, I did not look at polling data. I didn't look to see who was in the lead. I, you know, did you see the occasional news story talking about how Joe Biden was polling in the lead? But I, I never actually went to those sites that aggregate all the polling data and looked at it. And I found myself over the last like three days, I found myself not obsessing over it, but I have checked every single day, multiple times. And um, it's clear to me, a couple of things are clear to me, actually. And this is why this is why I'm talking like this is my general anxiety about the U.S. election. and. Um, I've heard a lot of people actually talking about this places like Twitter. Um, but basically like everybody is scarred from 2016. And even though it seems everything seems like we're in a different place now, polling wise, we're in a different place now. There's no real third party candidate. Like there's, it seems like things are going to be different this time. But first of all, um, you literally never know, like, Polls have been wrong and they can be wrong again. Um, there's a lot of bad things going on around voting that are scary. And so who knows what kind of influence that is going to have, like misinformation, um, outright lies about voting, about the election itself. Like who knows what's going to happen? And that's like this is setting aside the question of whether um, Donald Trump and the Republican Party will even allow election victory to be called like yeah there's been a lot of talk about how you know if it's a close election there's a lot more reason for somebody to call that it's a contested election but if we absolutely we if if democrats absolutely blow donald trump out of the water and win by like double digits in most places and like clear wins everywhere um that there's no real grounds to start something but like i wouldn't put anything past donald trump when you have somebody who is in power and likes it they're willing he's shown he's willing to do anything to stay in power and i just can't after watching the things that he's done so far i can't bring myself to not worry about this um it it everything says that we're this is different and we're going to be better but i just can't believe it yet watching everything going on down uh below the 49th parallel is it's very weird, like in the same way that we talk in Canada about our healthcare system in comparison to the United States um, and how our healthcare system is not that it's not without its flaws, but that it's better. And that we talk about it like, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about healthcare because it's covered like you're good. Um, 
We just had elections in BC a few days ago and in Saskatchewan last night. And I didn't hear, I mean, maybe, maybe there were stories and I just didn't hear them. But like when you vote in Canada, it's not, there's no disenfranchisement from voting um, based on, at least based on race. I, I do think that there's a, there's um, a legitimate claim that indigenous people probably need better access to vote. Um, but in, in like in cities, there's no, there's no systemic or, or segregated basis for, um, for access to voting. It's just a universal right that everybody has equally. Um, there's no voter rolls. There's no voter registration. You literally show up with a piece of mail with your address on it and identification and you vote because that process has no fraud. Like there's no widespread fraud associated with that kind of process. And I have complete confidence that if we needed in Canada to hold an election and we couldn't do it, like, first of all, every time I've had, I've gone to uh, vote anywhere, I have had, like, it's never been busy. It's never been crowded. Um, there's never been any situation where I would feel it, like under current restrictions. Um, there's never been a time where I felt, oh, I feel unsafe right now voting because I'm closer than six feet feet to anybody else like that's not a thing our our polling stations are so numerous and the process is so fast and automatic that i feel like you, we could just have a relatively normal election like obviously people can mail mail in ballots if they want to and people do and like there's advanced voting and all this stuff but i honestly feel like every time i voted in the last five years maybe like every time i voted ever you walk into the polling place like there's no line at all um you say hi to the person manning the door or whatever it is and then you walk in find the spot where you're supposed to go based on your voter registry or your voter card um, if you got one if you didn't get one you just need mail and an id and they will register you on the spot and you can vote and it's so simple and like you talk to people but you don't ever have to stand in line or wait in a crowd or anything like that you just go and it's very simple I didn't even I didn't even plan to talk about this, but like, honestly, voting in the US sounds so messed up because you have to jump through so many hoops and they make the hoops different sizes and different um, degrees of difficulty, depending on your race, your income, uh, your education level, all this kind of stuff, just by just by doing things slightly differently in different areas of different states and cities and all that stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Um it's clear to me, based on all of this information that is coming in, that just under an actual democracy where everybody's vote does count the same population wise, just Republicans don't have a legitimate claim to leadership. They don't have the legitimate claim to a majority, even in um, like the fact that the fact that the person who gets the presidency is dependent upon not the popular vote, but some other mechanism just tells me that. Um, Republicans and people in rural states, like states that are stereotypically Republican, um, they have been, they have had control over the the way we decide elections for centuries. And they have been able to leverage those things and, and use different various disingenuous or, um, you know, rationalized arguments to say that they should, this need, this is needed to balance bigger states. But like that, that doesn't really hold any truth, like certainly not to the degree that um, that they say it does. 
And so there's, there's definitely a rebalancing that needs to happen there. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's very anxiety inducing to watch this process happen. And, um, I just, I can't, can't live through another 2016 election. I just don't, I don't want to, and I can't, it would absolutely break millions of people, maybe billions around the world to see Donald Trump elected again. And I would love nothing more. Like, honestly, 2020 would be better. Like 2020 is so far in the negative right now is in terms of rating overall as a year that 2020, I think would actually go into the positive. All the, th- the stuff we've lost in 2020 due to the pandemic would be flipped if we could just get the presidency, the House of Representatives and the Senate in the United States to get the Republicans out of leadership. That would fix 2020 for me. It's that's how bad this stupid administration has been. Um, the last thing I want to talk about here, well, two, one and a half things. Um, I so last night the Republican Senate confirmed um, this new Supreme Court justice to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and I have been infuriated by this entire process. Um, everything about it has been we are in power. We can do it, and so we will do it. And there's been zero thought or um, or consideration of respect or decorum or anything. It's just a naked power grab. We can do it, so we will do it. And there's no like, there's no thought to fairness. There's no thought to anything that is related to human decency in how this has been done and how it's been done for the last four years. Um, it's just. It's just infuriating and it's ridiculous seeing this. Um, nobody should need to care this much about the Supreme Court. And then to have literally a campaign event for confirming the Supreme Court justice the night after on the White House lawn. The White House is not supposed to be used for political events. Like, I know we've lost all norms and there's nothing that this this administration is above doing for political gain. But like, you're actually not allowed to use government property, government buildings, government funds for campaign events. And he's just making campaign videos over and over and over again from inside the White House, from like involving the Supreme Court is supposed to be it's supposed to put um, aside partisanship. It's supposed to obviously it can't fully in reality, but it's supposed to be above partisanship. And then um, I'm not sure if Amy Coney Barrett signed on to be a part of this propaganda video that was put out um, as part of the Trump campaign. But Oh my God, it, it, it's absolutely shameless. And I can't, I can't see a world where that kind of stuff can happen and it not be nakedly obvious to everybody watching that it's wrong. And that the end result is that in a week that, um, Republicans lose all three bodies of government, that they do not hold a single shred of power in any of the executive or legislative branch. That's all I want. That's literally all I want. And I want it to be rough. I want it to be bad. <sighs> the last thing I want to talk about is the person behind all of this, the person spearheading all of this in the Senate, which is Mitch McConnell. And this man has absolutely no shame. There's video of him being asked about um, about issues. I forget what the exact issue was. Um, I think it might have even been this process. And he's like, he's mi- literally maniacally laughing. I don't understand. He's a Kentucky senator. I don't understand how. He's polling at literally half of Kentuckians um, still supporting him. It doesn't make any sense. 
I don't know what he does for them or what they see in him, but it's just so obvious to me that he has no shame whatsoever and that he should not hold public office. I don't understand how he still is. He has been uh, an elected senator for decades. I don't understand that the US electorate at all. I don't know what they're seeing in him. I don't know. Like, obviously, you get two different stories, but I don't I don't even understand what story they could possibly be seeing that would encourage them to continue to vote for him because he doesn't he's I've never heard of anything good that he has done. It doesn't make any sense. At least some people, even Trump, I've heard some redeeming policies or things that he's done where I'm like, I can see the potential good in that for somebody, but I don't see it with Mitch McConnell. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going to leave it here. This is a really, this is just more of like a venting episode for me. You don't even have to listen to it. Of course, if you got to this point, you already did. I apologize. Um, I'm going to leave it here and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.